Outliers in Education is brought to you by CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness. Better data, better decisions, better schools. To find out more, visit effectiveness.org. Woodrow Wilson said, the ear of the leader must ring with the voices of the people. For school leaders, that means not only the voices of their students, but also their parents and the community at large. But how do you get them to tell you what they're really thinking? Well, that's today on Outliers in Education. That's what we're all about, in letting our kids be successful. If you want to achieve something, then surround yourself with the people you want to become. Because kids are kids in small districts, rural districts, urban, kids are kids. Hey folks, welcome back to our third episode of Outliers in Education. I'm Eric Price, coming to you from CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness. And with me, as always, is my esteemed co-host, Eric Bowles. Bowles, what's going on? Well, I can't tell you how happy I am to be with you today and to be here learning from Master Principal Tamara Jackson from Bridgeport uh, around one of my very favorite topics as a professional educator, family and community engagement. Awesome. We are stoked to hear from Tamara today. And uh, just, just as a reminder, every episode here on Outliers in Education, we try to connect you with new ideas from people driving positive change in education. We call them outliers because in some way, shape, or form, they're finding ways to excel where so many others have not. And how do we know they're succeeding at such a high level? Well, CE actually did a study called, surprise, surprise, the Outliers Study. Bowles, how do we know an outlier when we see one? So the bottom line is... We crunched a bunch of numbers. We found 38 incredible schools in the state of Washington out of approximately 2,200. And then we went out and we asked them in various ways, what, what do you think makes your school unique? Right on. So right out of that study comes our guest today, Tamara. Tamara Jackson is the principal at Bridgeport High School, right on the banks of Columbia River in eastern Washington. She's been there first as a teacher for, get this, 23 years, and now is a principal for 12 for a total of, math students, 35 years, and she still continues to teach. Some of her accolades include America Achieves National Fellowship, Administrator of the Year for Washington Agricultural Educators. She's been recognized as a White House Champion of Change, Teacher Ambassador Fellow for the U.S. Department of Education, and there's a whole bunch more, but we just don't have enough time. Bridgeport High has also won numerous state and national awards under her leadership. She developed a college in the high school program where rural students earn their AA transfer degrees while still in high school. And on top of that, she's been an EMT for Bridgeport Volunteer Fire and Ambulance for 22 years. And all of that, she's still 21 years old. Tamara, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, we've got a lot of reasons to be stoked for having you here, um, but the, our big one is really going to be looking at uh, family and community voices. But first, could you kind of give us a little bit of background on Bridgeport High? Bridgeport is a small rural um, high school. We're 90% Hispanic, 100% free and reduced lunch. Uh, the whole community is, is pretty impoverished. We're in the northern point of Douglas County right on the Columbia River, as you mentioned. Uh, but we are so far away from the big city, we have no little to no services for support, social service. Uh, so we are an island. Um, our parents come to us with little to no education, so we they see us um, as a way to give their students more opportunities because they don't have, um, they don't have that education. 
but in turn they don't really understand our system. So that's again why this um, community and parent involvement is so important. Most of our parents don't speak a lot of English, so we do depend on translating. Uh, our parents are hard-working agricultural families. I would say about two-thirds two of our student, maybe three-quarters of our students are first-generation students here and you, in the public school system, and their first language is Spanish. All that being said, um, we have an expansive college in the high school, advanced placement um, program, where over the last few years we offer an AA degree here through Wenatchee Valley College, where our students never leave our campus and um, earn their AA degree. That's amazing. And, and just going back to the advanced classes, do many kids have advanced classes, take AP classes? I would say more, actually, more than half of our students are involved in rigorous coursework. They can take advanced placement classes as early as their freshman year, and they can begin taking their college courses their junior year. So over half of our students are taking those courses. Tamara, we're, we're going to be taking a look at this issue that I think is really difficult for, for districts, which is um, family and community engagement. So that's face in some circles. Um, today, we're going to be taking a look at the, the first problem, which is just hearing our, our family and community voice. And then that second issue that I think is difficult for both schools and districts is uh, um, and maybe as a result of the first one, which is, so what do we do with it now? So I, I think one of those uh, big issues that we got to get into for our listeners out there is those two pieces. So in reflecting in some of your journey, um, was there something that happened? I don't know, could I have had an interaction with a student or parent, but some kind of a tipping point that th this kind of all started for you? Could you kind of go through some of that journey? I can. Again, I said our parents um, have limited education and they want more for their kids. And in about the year 2000, we recognized that we really needed to do something to change what we were doing uh, to, to close the achievement gap for our students. And we decided to raise the rigor and offer advanced placement courses and college courses. But that wasn't as easy as that sounds. Uh, so a, a school that is offering standard classes and then all of a sudden, here, let's take this harder class, um, it was hard to get some buy-in for students and then parents and some staff. But our parents do want more and our kids weren't doing well, so we added the rigor. So in the beginning, um, we had that pushback, but then we did have some buy-in and it started small. So I can tell you about a parent who, who fought the system, like why are you adding these courses? Why are you expecting so much from our students who just a few years down the road was the same parent who came back and was thanking us for that, for you know, giving them some free college and those opportunities. So um, it's just progressed from there where we started with three classes in 2002, and now um, we're offering an AA degree here on our campus through Wenatchee Valley College. Kids used to say, and parents, like, why are you taking all those hard classes when we're all going to get the same high school diploma? Where now it's a, it's a big deal. How many college credits are you graduating with from uh, Bridgeport High School? Also, 
with our first group of students who got their AA degree, there were three of them. And we wanted to celebrate that. That was a huge accomplishment, not only for them, but for us as well. So we incorporated them, incorporated them in our high school graduation. So they walked across the stage, got their high school diploma in front of all our community. You know, in a small community, everyone comes to graduation. But then we brought the president of the college also to graduation to hand them their AA degree right there on our stage in front of everybody. Wow, that's awesome. From there, yeah, from there, um, parents want that, demand that, expect that, uh, and expect us to continue our rigorous program. Um, if we were to drop that now or, or scale that down, um, it, it wouldn't be pretty. <laughs> the parents expect that. So um, that's a little, that's the beginning of the story. So some of your critics turned into some of your greater supporters at the end. They did, um, teachers included. Um, you know, the parents, of course, but then even teachers weren't so sure about that. Uh, I don't believe teachers were not wanting to do the extra work. I think maybe teachers were intimidated and maybe afraid of doing the extra work, teaching college courses or advanced placement courses. Um, and I can tell you a story about a kid who was taking a few AP courses here and um, was sitting in a standard class and raised his hand and asked the teacher, Mr. Can you tell me why you don't teach AP classes? Do only the smart teachers teach AP classes? And that was like the turning point because he went from humiliated and how the students should not have disrespected him in that way to shortly after, how can I teach an AP class? What do I need to do? What kind of training do I need to get? And then from there, most teachers in the high school are teaching one of the rigorous classes. Wow, Tamara, uh, thank you so much for sharing what you've shared so far. I'm going to follow up a little bit. I want to hearken back to... Um, EP's introduction, and I'm going to channel a little bit of Wayne's world. Uh, I I can speak for EP knowing that we are not worthy based on, <laughs> gosh, not only your personal credentials, but that the credentials of uh, Bridgeport High School. And I think it would be very surprising to some of our listeners that this level of excellence has uh, taken place kind of outside of the bright lights uh, and the big city. Um, I wonder how many people in our in educational circles know of the long and incredibly transformative academic um, trend, uh, work done in Bridgeport. And in that regard, um, why, in your opinion, is it so important to hear the voices, to elevate the voices, rather, of uh, parents and community in your work? Parents um, are a big factor in their students' lives. Um, and parents, parents want the best for their kids. And sometimes they don't know the right questions to ask or they don't know what they need. Um, but we need to hear that. Um, when a parent says, I want more for my child, I want more than I had, um, we need to hear that and find a way, find a way to accomplish that. And, and that, this has been one of our ways to, to provide them with a, you know, a two-year college degree or, or not even just that. We also, you know, just rigorous coursework. We also articulate all of our CTE programs through the college as well. So they get college credit also for that. So they can go to a certificate program. We need to, you need to listen to what parents need. And, and I know that um, this is what they're wanting. It's what, why they're here. And a follow-up question I have, and it's a real art when you're sitting in the chair that you're sitting in, and uh, both EP and I are former principals. So uh, we're former principals maybe because we didn't walk that line so artfully. How do you listen to uh, community? 
uh, act on what community wants. And then your example of turning someone who was a critic into a supporter, uh, take that input and sometimes walk a slightly different direction from the input you're given. How do you manage all that kind of competing politic? Uh, sometimes you have to have a thick skin. You, you would know that. Um, you need to listen and then you need to know your clientele. You need to know your students. Um, you need to know your staff. And then you need to decide um, what you believe in and, and stick to it. And that's what, that's what happened with us. We did listen. Um, and then when the critics came, we had to stick it out because any program you know uh, takes a while to develop. And so we stuck with it. After about three years, we were really seeing um, a lot of accomplishment. Parents were um, buying in. And so then those parents were able to continue to advocate for what we were doing. So um, sometimes it's just a few parents you're listening to, positive or negative, uh, but you need to listen to those and, and then just push forward. So Tamara, I'm going to just go for a little bit of a time frame. When do you think some of this shift started happening for you? How many years ago? We were probably in the bot. Well, we, not probably. We were in the bottom five percent in the state of Washington in two thousand, and a decision had to be made: are we are we going to continue with this status quo that really wasn't working, um, and it wasn't serving anybody, um, the school, this community, uh, or are we going to do something about it? So we began with. Um, offering these courses slowly, just one at a time. Um, but we also started other programs to support this. We didn't just throw out college classes and say, here you go, go after it and, and succeed. We um, began an advisory program in the school that has pretty become the backbone of who we are. And um, that's helpful. And that's another way that we listen to parents. So... Um, just a short version, an advisory is a student, when you come in as a freshman, you are assigned to one teacher, and you stay with that teacher for four years. And in that advisory group, there's no more than 15 students, and they range 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. All four grades are in there. So um, you have mentoring going on in, within the advisory. Um, when we have conferences, when there's meetings, the advisor is there. The parent knows that teacher that that is the teacher they've been with the whole time with their student um, through all of their education in high school. So that is another way that we listen to the community and listen to the parents, um, and they get that one-on-one. -on -one. So, so in about 20 years, you became an overnight success. Is that fair to say? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in that process, Tamara, mm -hmm. I mean, really, we, we see you as a star in this space. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced when trying to get to some of those uh, listening to family and community voices? Um, getting them to get, in, to get into school and, and to talk to us. Again, I said they, they don't speak English, much of our po parent population, and for lack of a better word, they're intimidated by the school system because they don't understand it. So to get them in is tough. So we um, have to have carrots and hammers to get them in. Um, food, babysitting, everything is translated. Um, conversations translated, websites translated, anything sent home is translated. And then when I talk about a hammer, um, 
at the high school level, um, eighth graders, when they want to, when they need to, to schedule their classes for their ninth grade year, they need to come in, it's an evening, and um, select their classes, listen to my speech and the counselor's speech about class requirements, all, all of those things. But um, the hammer is I won't let a student register for their ninth grade courses unless their parent comes with them. If their parent doesn't come with them, I get to do their schedule. We have usually 100% turnout for that. <laughs> because the hammers, the, the student, like they want to have a say in what they're taking, so they get their parent there. Um, then we start the freshman year. We wait about a month into, and we have freshman orientation. They have a little feel for what high school is like, and then they have to bring their parent to an evening event where they go to each of their classes and they learn about what's a transcript, what are college, what are high school requirements. What do we have for extracurricular activities? All the things about high school, and um, they have to bring their parents to that as well. That has been huge. Um, probably, though, beyond that, the biggest are our alumni. When we first started the program, we didn't have alumni to, to, um, to preach our sermon. But now our alumni come, and they are our translators. They're our mentors. They're the ones who tell the parents, hey, this is what I did. I earned my AA or um, I wish I'd have taken advantage of the opportunities I had. If I if I realized what I had there, I, I should have done that. They're the ones who can convince the other students and really talk to the parents. And the parents are listening to them. They know their families. They know they live in the community. Wow. So I get the benefit of just sitting here and digesting uh, that piece. And I think 21 years ago, in the bottom 5% of high schools in the state of Washington, uh, flash forward to perennial national and state recognition. Um, if you had to, or have the opportunity to share with colleagues, many of whom are on that same journey, um, what are the one or two or three key things that uh, you would suggest that they implement, uh, uh, approaches to implementation, just uh, shower us with your wisdom so that our audience can take away some keys while they're uh, striving for that same level of excellence. Um, stick with it. Uh, um, even when it gets rough and um, when there's the naysayers, uh, you, you can't give up on something at, at, you know, right off. You have, to, you have to get through that. Listen to your parents. Listen to your students. Um, as I said, students drive our schedule and demand more rigorous coursework. Uh, I would say that you need to find ways to get the community in. Um, we do, you know, of course, we have conferences where we get students in, students with their parents in, but we also try to bring them in with more um, fun type things, uh, with you know, trunk or treat, carnivals, um, community meals, uh, things like that. But I. Probably one of the most um, difficult things is to not let um, the naysayers, the you can't do that, or you're expecting too much from our students. There's the big one. Um, you can't you can't give into that. Yeah, and once once you get a, get a little success, you've got to celebrate it and get it out there. And that goes back to that one parent that I I mentioned that was a big complainer to the now a celebrator. And just following up on a couple of things, you know, we've been fortunate enough to really study uh, your school district and your school in particular. Um, we know that uh, that things like student-led conferences uh, and Saturday events 
or uh, events after work hours have been techniques that you've used to, to bring parents in and to engage parents. Uh, can you speak to those two sort of uh, showcase items and, and really maybe from the role of a parent who doesn't understand uh, or navigate the school system because that wasn't their experience, what do you think they're getting in terms of the value when they attend those types of events or when they hear their students present their work through student-led conferences? I, I think the value of a student-led conference is that they're hearing it from their student um, in, a, in a way that they can understand it. Oftentimes, through translation, um, what I say, they, they may not com completely understand. Uh, their, their student can explain it to them in a way that they can understand. They, are, they sit in their advisory with their advisory teacher, go over their grades, go over their program, go over their five-year plan, whatever is before them that they need to talk about, maybe some assessment scores. The student has to explain it to their parents and explain it to their parents with the advisor there um, to guide, to help maybe remind them, uh, uh, you know, you need to include this. And it's, it's pretty powerful because it, not only is the parent getting the information, but they see how much their student knows. You know, their students sound pretty educated when they give that information to their, to their parent, and that's been pretty powerful. Um, when we're thinking about some of the more challenging things um, with that, though, um, I think of a story where my valedictorian um, was invited to Notre Dame, and he, they, they flew him out, um, wined him and dined him, tried to get him to go there. He was going to go last minute. Mom said, nope, can't be that far away from me. And that was heartbreaking for us. Um, so that's, that's a challenge I, I, we have not figured out how to conquer yet. Um, we need to find a way to help parents understand that um, they're not going away forever, but you need to let them, let them go away. Um, we, have act, we have a thing called um, Family Leadership Institute where parents, if they choose to be involved, uh, it can be on Saturdays. It's a 10-week module where they learn different strategies, um, not necessarily how to parent, but how to come alongside their student and help them with school uh, and help them understand that they don't have to know algebra to help them in school uh, and just different skills on how to navigate the system and um, how to bring their, parent, their, their child along. And then that culminates in a graduation for them. So there's, that's, a, that's a huge thing in our district, and that's on Saturdays. We provide um, Saturday school once a month, optional, completely optional, um, but it's pretty popular. Students show up, and their parents want them to show up. Uh, sometimes it's for students who need to uh, bring their grades up, but frequently it's for students who just, just want to be here. Um, those are hugely valuable. Um, when we have events, senior nights, uh, are huge. It's not just the mom and the dad that shows up for a senior night for any sporting event or extracurricular thing. Um, it's their whole extended family and pictures. And, and just by getting them here to do those sort of things, those fun things, that this is not a scary place, that it's a welcoming place, that it's a place their child comes to every day, um, is it, helpful. Um, then having the alumni who are always um, available, um, always, our alumni show up all the time. We don't have to invite them anymore. They're just always here. Uh, what, they are probably one of the biggest um, 
advocates we have for what we do and for the parents. Tamara, I, I hear relationship, relationship, relationship in the things that you're saying here. Um, so if, if I'm a if I'm a principal or a superintendent and I'm and I'm really wanting to go down this road and you're going to give me the last parting pieces of wisdom of how do you start and be successful at this, what, what would you say to me? I would say that you need to find one or two staff members, get them to buy into your vision, start small, um, and then celebrate those small successes as you continue to build and, and and expand your buy-in. Um, something like this, you're not gonna get everybody to buy in right right off. In fact, you're gonna get some people fighting back a little bit. You're asking me to do what? Um, but if you can get those key players in your school to, um, to start it, um, pilot it, and when others see, see the success, um, that's when it starts to grow. Thank you, Tamara. Well, we'd like to thank our guest, Principal Tamara Jackson from Bridgeport High School for sharing these amazing stories, insights, and advice. Thank you, Tamara. Bowles, you want to put a bow on this for us? I will do the very best I can in that regard. So, couple quick takeaways. Start small, stick with it, find a way. Boy, we heard that in episode two with uh, Ron Hartley. So it seems like whether you're elevating student voice, parent voice, or hearing from those voices in the community, uh, those are just real key considerations, themes that we see emerging across these two fine podcasts. We'd like to thank you for listening to Outliers in Education. If you know an educator who's making a real difference in education, drop us a line at outliers at effectiveness.org. And of course, you can always find out more by visiting the Center for Educational Effectiveness online at effectiveness.org. If you'd like to find out how to gather the data you need to help drive positive change in your school or district, take a moment to visit CEE, the Center for Educational Effectiveness, at effectiveness.org. Better data, better decisions, better schools. Effectiveness.org.